Journey to Organization, episode 143, Decision Fatigue. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to the Journey to Organization podcast. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization, and today I want to talk about decision fatigue. Now, this is a real thing. I think you've probably heard me mention this before, uh, but many people do suffer from decision fatigue, especially during a decluttering session. <laughs> Today, I'm going to explain what exactly decision fatigue is, and I'm going to explain why it's good to limit our possessions so that we don't actually start to suffer from decision fatigue in our day-to-day life. Researchers at Cornell University estimate that we make 226.7 daily decisions only about food. Can you believe that? Almost uh, basically 225 decisions a day about what we're going to eat, what we're what food we're going to buy and what we're going to cook and how we're going to cook it, right? And as your level of responsibility increases in the world, so does the amount of choices you have to make. So it's estimated that the average adult makes about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions each day. Wow, 35,000 decisions each day. Each decision carries certain consequences. Some are good, some are bad, and some are worse than others. <laughs> but here's the thing, we have to make these choices. And sometimes we're not even making them like knowingly. We we are, you know, remembering to turn the turn signal on or not turn the turn signal on when we're driving. We're remembering to turn the light on when we walk into a room or not turn the light on. We're remembering to use hot water or cold water when we do the dishes. Whatever it is, these are all choices that we are making. And some of the choices that we make are sort of by default. Do we turn the light on when we walk into the room? Well, maybe yes, maybe no. If it's light in the room, we probably don't turn the lights on. If there's natural light in the room, we probably don't turn the lights on because the room is already lit. And so we're making this choice to not turn the lights on. But if the, if it's kind of dark, we are making this choice to actually turn the lights on. So there's this choice, some of them are happening by like default. We're not actively making the decision. The decision is already sort of done. We can decide if we want to change the decision or not and, you know, move to the next level. But some of it is just happening by default. But the thing is, is 35,000 decisions, choices every day. That's that's a lot. We are basically making all these choices about if we're going to lift our hand, lower our hand, put our fingers out, pick up something. All these small things that we feel are like rote and habitual are actually choices that we're making. So let's talk about what exactly decision fatigue is. As we make more and more decisions throughout any given period throughout our day, our decision-making capacity lessens, it lowers. Having less capacity means we make worse choices, or at least we are making less rational choices, which 
it could be positive, it could be negative, it could have no effect at all. In most cases, it's negative to make less rational choices, but sometimes, you know, it's it's it makes no difference, although it's never a good idea to get into the habit of making less rational choices. Your brain can only function for so long before it can no longer function properly. So decision fatigue is really when your brain is getting so worn out that it can't make these good decisions anymore and it can't even really decide like what's good, what's bad. Everything seems to be equal. And not only that, but it can't take you further down the path and it can't decide what the consequences will be long term. Like it doesn't always see that. It will take the short term gratification over the long term better results every single time because when your brain gets tired, what it what it wants you to do is just take the easy way out because it wants to preserve the amount of calories that you're burning because that's what your body does. It wants to preserve the amount of calories you burn because it doesn't want you to have to work too hard. So when you are not properly fueled and when you have made a lot of decisions, especially taxing decisions all at once, it lowers our decision-making capacity and we aren't able to make as many good choices because we're just we're not at the, that level where we can actually make good choices, which is not good. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Your brain can only function for so long before it can't function properly anymore. So here are some of the things your brain can't do when it's tired. It can't see the best choice. So if two scenarios have a positive and negative, your brain can't equally weigh these choices and will generally opt for the easier way than the best way. It, your brain will start to use this tool called decision avoidance, where your brain will opt for the default more often. So again, if it's sort of light in the room and you're deciding if you're going to turn the light on or off, your brain, you're probably not going to turn the light on because the default is good enough and, and you know, it, it, it's less of a choice because you don't actually have to take any action to get anything done. You're making the choice to not do something, which means you don't have to do something, right? Another way you could describe decision avoidance is to just not make any decisions at all, which in itself is a decision, in and of itself is a decision, but still you can just decide to not make any more decisions and, you know, veg out your brain, or you can pass the decision-making on to somebody else. And those are all decision avoidance. It's especially true for when you feel like you can't make a good decision that this is what you might do. Like, oh, I can't decide right now. I'm going to just put this off till later. And that's where procrastination comes in. And and <laughs> and that leads to a whole other set of problems. Another thing that your brain can't really do very well when it's tired is it can't maintain willpower. When you're worn out and when your brain is worn out, you will not be able to be resolute and you may make choices that will have negative long-term outcomes. So for example, at the grocery store, if you've been shopping for a while, if you were hungry when you went shopping in the first place, you may at the cash register, pick up some of the candy that's at the cash register because you're just like, you've made so many decisions at the end of the day and your brain needs the sugar boost to keep going. And so you might just be like, oh, you know, 
I'm just going to go ahead and buy a, a piece of candy to get me through the rest of this time because I can't make any more decisions because I feel like run down. And normally you would never buy the candy because the candy at the register is always more expensive. And <laughs> the candy at the register is always more expensive. And it's not good for you. And you know, it's not good for you. And so you normally wouldn't buy it because you normally don't buy things that aren't good for you, right? But like your willpower is worn down and you're, you have lost the ability to be resolute. And you're making these choices that have this long term effect, your blood sugar is going to spike right now. But in an hour or two hours, you're going to have a lot of downtime because you just ate the sugar that you don't normally eat, right? So, so being conscientious about the situations that wear our brain out is really, really important. When your brain is tired, it also leads to impulsive decision making, which sometimes can lead to impulsive purchasing or impulsive eating. In the case of impulsive purchasing, you can very greatly increase your clutter when you do impulsive purchasing. So be conscientious of that. If you're a retail therapy kind of person, be conscientious about how many decisions you're making and see if retail therapy is actually decision avoidance for you and if it's actually the cause of your clutter. And if it's food for you, you can impulse eat when your brain is really tired. Well, that's not good for your health. So there are, of course, obviously other scenarios. Those are the two probably most common, but definitely be conscientious about when you feel decision fatigue coming on so that you can avoid impulse purchasing, impulse eating, impulse anything you do that has like a mildly addictive behavior. But I want to give you some tools to help avoid decision fatigue. The first thing you can do, and I, this is, I've definitely talked about this before, is limit the choices that are less important so your brain can function properly. So this is a capsule wardrobe. This is menu planning. This is, this is prioritizing tasks during your week. If you can let these decisions that are not really so important be more rote and be more ordinary, it's going to be that it'll be less likely that you'll suffer decision fatigue later in the day because earlier in the day, you're making choices that are not really choices, they're routine. So for example, if you have a capsule wardrobe and you just wear the clothes in order that they are in your closet, that's one less choice you have to make. You've already predetermined, you've made the choice in advance that you're just going to wear the next thing in your closet. So you pull that thing out and you just wear that. If you've already determined what you're going to have for breakfast every day and you just eat that every morning, then it's going to lessen your need to make decisions because you've already predetermined it. If you have made a meal plan, if you make regular shopping lists, it already is predetermined what you're going to do. So the reason why decision fatigue happens is because we have too many decisions to make, but we can minimize decision fatigue if we're limiting choices that are less important. And this is where having less clutter comes in. And this is where having capsule wardrobe and meal planning really makes us function better. The second way you can avoid decision fatigue is if the decision has a low consequence, like what are you going to wear today? Pick the first thing and move on, right? So 
that goes with what I said earlier, which is limit the choices that are less important. The third thing you can do is if you're unsure what to do, choose the easiest, the most pleasant, the most comfortable, or the most popular options when the stakes are low or very inconsequential. So if the easiest thing to do is wear the next shirt in your rotation and, you know, it's not like you have to be someplace super fancy, then there's no consequence. The stakes are very low. It's probably the most comfortable thing you can do. It's going to be the easiest thing you can do. It may not be the most popular thing to wear that particular item of clothing, but it's not going to make any difference in the grand scheme of things. And so picking that option actually lessens our decision fatigue. The fourth thing you can do is delegate choices that you don't need to make. So I find that in general, this isn't really a great option (laughs) because of forcing somebody else to make a decision. But if you have these like low priority decisions that need to be made, like if for some reason the menu planning hasn't worked out and you need to figure out what's for dinner and you offer your kids like burgers or pizza, then, you know, allowing them to make that choice is fine. If you're delegating, you know, your choices about how to invest your money or how much money to spend on something to somebody else, that might not be the best option. But sometimes we need to pass off these decisions to a partner because we just are not capable of making these decisions because we don't know if it's a good decision. And we can't see in the long term sometimes. Sometimes, that sometimes getting advice and talking about these decisions is helpful and helps us avoid decision fatigue. But sometimes just passing it off to somebody else makes it easier, making it someone else's responsibility. But to me, in my opinion, delegating can be like an icy, dicey road because once you start delegating things, that means you're not holding yourself accountable for real life decisions. And that's that's a whole nother episode, right? Because, you know, we need to be responsible for the decisions that we can that we make. But sometimes delegating choices, especially in in low stakes situations is fine. The fifth thing you can do to help avoid decision fatigue is prioritize. At the start of your day every morning, make a list of all the things that need to get done and pick the three or the four or even the five most important things that need to get done that day. You don't, I like to pick three every day because I think that it's a good number of things that you can actually get done. If you get anything else done, that's a great bonus. But three keeps the number reasonable, but lowers the stress level. But when you can put a one, two, and three next to the 20 things that need to get done that day and just do those things, it's so much easier to make decisions surrounding that because you have these focused goals. And having focused goals really, really helps us make better decisions because we understand what the goal is at the end of the day that we need to hit, what we need to achieve. And so when you can prioritize the list of things that are most important for you to do, this makes it makes the outcome of the decisions and the success of these priorities have a higher rate of success. When you're prioritizing and you have these clear goals, you have this higher rate of success because because you understand what the goals are 
clearly and you're able to limit the decision fatigue because you've already prioritized what's important to you and you understand how to complete the task or you've figured out how to complete the task. And hopefully once you've prioritized a certain task, you've figured out exactly how to get it done, which is also gonna limit the decision fatigue. If you can make a clear road path in prioritizing, then like, okay, so I have these three things to get done today. Here are the five steps I'm gonna take to get number one done. Here are the five steps I'm gonna take to get number two done. And number three needs 10 steps. Here's the steps I'm gonna do to get those done. If you can prioritize and lay out your roadmap for the day, it's gonna, it's gonna also help you avoid decision fatigue because you're clearly making this roadmap on how to get through everything. The sixth thing you can do to help avoid decision fatigue is eat enough food. (laughs) Make sure you're getting enough calories. Maintain your blood sugar. If you notice at the grocery store how there's always candy at the register, right? I talked about this before. It's the reason that there is candy at the register is because the grocery store knows that by the time you finish shopping, you've used up a lot of your willpower, you've used up your decision-making capacity, and therefore you're going to impulse buy. And they don't care if you're not healthy because they don't care. They have all the food, right? So they don't care if you buy healthy food or if you buy non-healthy food. They are just trying to get you to buy more. So if you can maintain a a steady blood sugar, especially when you're doing tests that require willpower, like grocery shopping or dieting or exercising, then it's going to be easier to get those tests done without blowing your willpower. And the seventh thing is, ironically, that if you believe that your willpower is going to be depleted and that you're going to suffer from decision fatigue from having depleted willpower, then studies show that you will actually believe that. So if you believe that you're going to be worn out and that your willpower at the checkout is going to be lessened, that's probably going to happen. It's not to say that this is actually true, but rather that our beliefs can be sort of self self-fulfilling, which, you know, is is true. So if you believe that the willpower is going to go away, then it definitely will. So those are the things, that's what decision fatigue is. It's when we run out of the capacity to make any more decisions. And to avoid decision fatigue, we really need to limit the choices that we make, Sometimes choose the easiest option, delegate if we can, prioritize, maintain healthy blood sugar and make sure we're eating enough calories and not believe that our willpower is going to be depleted so that we can actually, you know, you know, avoid having decision fatigue. If you're in a situation where you feel like your decision capacity is lessened, like for example, if you're decluttering and you just feel like you're halfway through and you're like, oh God, I can't do this anymore, which happens a lot, then what I always suggest to my clients is take five minutes, go have a high protein snack and a big glass of water, something like nuts and a little bit of fruit, something to like jog your blood sugar, increase your blood sugar and to keep you hydrated and And then go back to the task. If you're feeling like you need a break for five minutes, I think that's the best thing you can possibly do for yourself is actually take that break and 
and replenish your calories, replenish your blood sugar, replenish your hydration, and then go back to finish the task. But the thing is, is you have to be very strict about the break that you're taking. So set a timer and then go back to the task. One of the things that I would like to just sort of point out is in my 10 rules of organization, the second rule that I have is not to listen to music. And people always ask me about, well, why do you say we can't listen to music while we're decluttering? And the reason that we can't listen to music while we're decluttering is because it actually increases our decision fatigue. And (laughs) the way that it does that is that our brain is trying to focus on two things at once. It's focusing on the act of decluttering. In this case, that's the scenario that we're using. Um, And it's trying to focus on listening to the music and it can't really do both very well. And so there are going to be times when it's more listening to music and less decluttering. And maybe there will be times that it's more decluttering and less listening to music, but it's always going to be fighting between the two, like listen to the music. No, declutter. No, listen to the music. No, it's time to declutter, right? You're always going to have that internal voice going on in your mind saying like, do one thing, no, do the other. And so if you can limit that voice going on in your head, it's going to actually make it easier for you to keep on going. So in the case of decluttering, the music is acting as sort of like a tool that's forcing our brain to multitask. And most people well, I think you know my opinion on multitasking. It's just not really possible. We can't really do two things at once. People say that they can. I know I'm going to get some calls from somebody saying, I can totally (laughs) multitask. And maybe you can, maybe you can, but for most people, they cannot. I certainly cannot, or I can at least not do it well. And it takes me longer to do the task at hand if I'm you know, multitasking. So sometimes I'm listening to music. Yes, it's to block out the other noise and force concentration. In that situation, it's true. One might be better at limiting distraction than the other because the all the other noises going around me, people talking or whatever, are are more distracting than just listening to like a repetitive sound, let's say. And so you have to weigh one over the other. But for the most part, I just find that when you're doing one task, it needs to be focused on doing that one task, which is, you know, sort of what I said about prioritizing. Doing these one doing one task at a time is just really, really important because I think we also make not as good decisions when we're doing more than one task at once. For example, I use the example of decluttering, but also in the grocery store. If you're talking on the phone while you're at the grocery store, which is fine in theory, if you're just strolling down the aisles, taking a leisure walk, chatting with your best friend, throwing things in your cart, that's fine. But when you get to the checkout or when you're at home already, even you're going to see like, oh, no, I forgot a whole bunch of things (laughs) because you weren't focused on your list and you weren't able to recount in your mind what you were doing because you were too busy talking to your friends. So I think it's like really important to prioritize, you know, these tasks and minimize the distraction within a task because that also helps us avoid decision fatigue. And when we can minimize the distractions around us and focus on doing one singular task, that's really, really very, very helpful. 
If you are getting stuck on decluttering and you need help decluttering, please reach out today for a done in a day declutter. We will start our day off with a targeted goal finding session. And then we will have check-ins at regular intervals throughout the day. And this works. At the end of the session, you will have a clear clutter-free space and you will feel really good and really, really, really proud that your home is now beautiful and clutter-free. Because we're working together, we avoid decision fatigue because I'm helping you make these decisions so that you can make good decisions. It's almost like delegating, but it's more like just assisting. So go ahead and head to balagonbegone.com and click on Done in a Day Declutter and book a session with me today. I am ready here waiting for you to book a session. I can't wait to help you. For now, I'm wishing you all a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.